everybody, welcome to another episode of Book Bestie. Today I'm joined by Kendra Nuachuku to discuss The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Kendra received her Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from Randolph-Macon College, where she was part of the Kappa Alpha Theta sorority. Kendra is in her last semester of her master's, sorry, for her master's from Old Dominion University, while also working as a project lead for the Navy. As you'll hear in this episode, Kendra has a pup, Jack, who she may be affectionately calls her demon dog. Kendra is the one to call if you want a buddy to go to a winery or head up Buffalo Wild Wings. She also makes the best faces. You must always know what she's thinking, which makes her storytelling and her story listening absolutely priceless. For those of you who haven't read the book, here's a little book blurb. For decades, we've been told that positive thinking is the key to a happy, rich life. But those days are over. Fuck positivity, Mark Manson says. Let's be honest, sometimes things are fucked up and we have to live with it. For the past few years, Manson, via his widely popular blog, has been working on correcting our delusional expectations for ourselves and for the world. He now brings his hard-fought wisdom to his groundbreaking book. Manson makes the argument, backed by both academic research and well-timed poop jokes, that improving our lives hinges not on our ability to turn lemons into lemonade, but on learning to better stomach lemons. Human beings are flawed and limited, as he writes. Not everybody can be extraordinary. There are winners and losers in society, and some of it is not fair or your fault. Manson advises us to get to know our limitations and accept them. This, he says, is the real source of empowerment. Once we brace our fears, faults, and uncertainties, once we stop running from and avoiding and start confronting painful truths, we can begin to find the courage and confidence we desperately seek. In life, we have a limited amount of fucks to give, so you must choose your fucks wisely. Manson brings a much-needed grab-you-by-the-shoulders moment of real talk filled with entertaining stories and profane, ruthless humor. This manifesto is a refreshing slap in the face for all of us so that we can start to lead more contented, grounded lives. Let's get into it, besties. Hi, Kendra. Thank you for being on Book Bestie. No problem. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So my first question is, how did you like the book? I think it was a pretty easy read slash listen. It wasn't filled with a bunch of. I guess it really wasn't. There there really wasn't an intro per se. It just Mm -hmm. got right into the nitty gritty, and then each chapter had, I guess, I guess a different theme to it. It had Mm -hmm. like a overall theme for each chapter, so it was a little something different you were getting into um, each chapter. It wasn't, like, boring. It wasn't stale. So... I did like his writing. His writing was, like... uh, It was, like, easygoing, so it didn't feel like you need to do this or you suck, Mm -hmm. which was really cool. But I did have an issue with the fact... So I started reading the book, like, a physical copy of the book, and I got 50 or so pages in. It's, like, 200 pages for the whole book. Um, And there was not... It was just, like... Uh, don't give a fuck, but give a fuck, but don't give too much of a fuck, but then do it. And I was like, what do you want from me? And it didn't get to like the actual like guidance part of it until like 70 pages in. And at that point I started listening to the audiobook version. So I was like, I do not like this person anymore. (laughs) But then like at that point, that's when it was like helpful. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like, I guess if I was reading the book, it might have been... I may have a, may have had a different experience, but listening to the audiobook, it's just the way whoever was doing the talking, whoever was reading the book, 
Mm-hmm. Um, just the way they were doing that, like, it pulled me in from, like, within five minutes. I was like, oh, I'm like, this is interesting. I was like, let me keep going. Yeah. So. I do think I probably would have had a different perspective if I had started off with the audiobook, just because the tone was very humorous but just yet the time that I committed into actually reading the first 50 pages I was so upset (laughs) (laughs) so if you could like I guess distill the lessons or a lesson what was one of the take actually no before we get there why did you want to read this book like what you just want to give less of a fuck is that yes yeah but I think I was browsing like news articles one day okay and i guess i saw like it wasn't like a book review but it was like oh like you should read this book okay if you want to i guess like i guess it's a self-help book mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. classified like that and i was like oh it's an interesting title like and i was like hmm, it's like let me check it out yeah and then i think at the same time um since i'm not like a avid reader mm-hmm. i think at the same time like um spotify announced that like audiobooks are now included in the premium subscription and I was like oh yes I was like nice no way so then like within that that same week I decided to start listening to the book I did not know that about Spotify mm-hmm. wow so about another news article so that's very exciting okay mm-hmm. I I used like one of my audible credits for the book like a loser like a gosh darn loser. I used to be an audible person. And yeah. Now Spotify, you can get, you can get some books, the premium books, like I guess the Times bestsellers. You still have to mm-hmm. like pay for those, but oh, okay. like at least there's books that you can basically get with your premium subscription to Spotify. So it's not too bad. So. That's awesome. It's better than what it was last year. So. Life hack. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> you all. I'm always looking for ways to. <laughs> save a book yeah yeah i like it um so what was one of your takeaways then or any of your takeaways do you have any takeaways i guess i guess the main thing i got from the book was you have to like value some negative experiences a lot of people like to like if you're having a negative experience it's like oh like I don't want that to ever happen again, but mm-hmm. there's a lesson to learn from yeah. each negative experience you get um, and to figure out a way to like move forward from there, mm-hmm. taking in that, taking in whatever um, that experience was. Yeah, he, I think I wrote a note about it, but there was like, um, he, it was like a certain principle. Uh, it was like the positivity like, a lot of people strive for oh, positivity. Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, if you're not getting... If you're not getting to that level of positivity in your life, whatever task you're doing, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, like, I'm not... Like, I'm not successful at X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But you have to also value some of the negative negativity of the some negative stuff that happens. You can't always be striving for positivity because yeah. then you're not gonna, I guess always reach your you're not going to feel like you're reaching yourself like fulfillment in a sense and i think you also made the point too like if you're constantly striving for positivity then you are in essence focusing on the neg. like if you're trying to be happy then like you're saying oh i'm really sad or like if you're trying to make more money than like oh i'm poor like mm-hmm. you're actually focusing on the negatives by 
striving for the positives, which is like a mind fuck mm. for sure. But it does make sense because like there are definitely times you have to recognize your deficiencies to like strive for proficiency i guess that would be the opposite of deficiency i don't know but you you have to like you have to be focusing on like where you're lacking to Mm -hmm. strive for something yeah which yeah i guess i don't know do you feel like that's true though like if you're when you set goals for yourself do you feel like you have the mindset like oh i suck in this regard and that's why i have these goals i think so like I guess, like, one thing, I've, I've felt that way sometimes, but mm-hmm. I set, like, a goal, and within a week, if I'm not, like, a step closer to that goal, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm like, I suck. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, sometimes you have to step back and be like, uh, is this goal going to take me a week to achieve, or is mm-hmm. it going to take me months, years to achieve? Yeah. So, like, even if it's just, like, a little step in the right direction, like that's better than nothing like if you're trying to get better with the skill you're obviously not going to be like 100% proficient in it like I want I've been wanting to learn Spanish like mm-hmm. like to become fluent in Spanish but I'm like I'm not going to be fluent tomorrow by doing an hour of the lingo today so no, yeah, it's not how it works <laughs> I did like how one of the points he makes is like um you have to constantly be evaluating yourself because like who you are today might not be who you are tomorrow. So like where you're lacking or like what you actually want out of life might change from day to day mm-hmm. or hour to hour. Or like we're as humans, we're very fluid in our perceptions and our desires, I guess too. Mm-hmm. So I did like how he was like, just because you wanted this when you were a teenager, that doesn't mean you actually want it now. You have to like self evaluate. Yeah. And that's tricky. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've been working working at something since you were, like, at, like school age, mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, you got into college, and you're just like, okay, like let me do this, let me major in this because this is what I've been working at my whole life. Yeah. And then when you actually start working towards that degree, you're just like, wait a second, I actually hate this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have that dilemma of like, oh, should I like switch majors and not do like not major in this because this is. What I've been thinking for the last decade, or yeah, do something yeah. where I might actually really succeed at. Like, so I feel like a lot of people, especially like going in high school to college, a lot of people have that dilemma. Mm-hmm. And then even after you get out of college, too, sometimes you get into the actual workforce. Yeah, and you're actually yeah. using your degree, and you thought, like, oh, I really want to do this. But then when you actually start working using your degree, you're just like, wait a second, mm-hmm. like, this doesn't fulfill me at all. But yeah. you're thinking that, oh, this was gonna make, make me feel like I'm fulfilled. But Sometimes it doesn't happen. It happened to me, my career. Like, I was like, did not like being a software developer. And I had my bachelor's in computer science. I was like, I couldn't do it. So I shifted focus mm-hmm. and <laughs> I'm getting my master's and we'll see from there. But that, and I think that's one of the points he makes too. I don't remember what, like, anyways, one of the examples <laughs> he has for one of the points he's trying to make is uh, like people were coming up to him like, um, I don't want to be married anymore. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, get a divorce. I don't want to major in this anymore. What should I do? Um, change your major. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like people are trying to like find the positives, I guess, in their life when like really maybe you just need to change what you're doing because yeah. you're different than how you perceived yourself. And that's actually 
like it's such simple advice and it seems so obvious but I don't know like when I was in school I originally I was gonna do a double major in English and psychology Mm -hmm. and then I was like oh that seems like a lot of work um and just like going through the process of like changing your major is such like at that point it's almost easier just to do the thing you don't want to do you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you have to see all the credits I've taken already yeah if I change this major like how long I'm gonna still be in school for yeah yeah it's mad but he does end up like the book he's like the only thing that's sure in life is death so I guess if you like have that mindset like do you want to live your only life or depending on your religious views your Mm. current life um being miserable like no I don't think so unless you do because you're a masochist I don't know (laughs) but that yeah like some of his advice I feel like was really obvious but like people don't want to accept it necessarily because it's hard (laughs) yeah it might be like it's probably harder to accept it like mentally emotionally but like sometimes the answer is right in front of us Mm -hmm. in the face but we're just like okay like how can i fix this situation yeah sometimes sometimes there is no way to fix some certain situations you gotta just take it for what it is and move on but yeah yeah, and he does make that point too. Like sometimes you just have to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is tricky though. <laughs> yeah. That we're thinking is tricky, but I feel like so. Like a lot of his advice was was things that I've already been doing, and like mm-hmm. oh, like you know, like oh, maybe I shouldn't give too much of a fuck. Like for instance, like if I wanted to, like, go to the gym, like, sometimes I just feel like, oh, if I'm lifting weights and I'm, like, having to, like, use a new machine mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the instructions on how to use it, I'm, like, I'm thinking, oh, people are, like, looking at me like this girl doesn't know how to use yeah. this machine. But in actuality, a lot of those people don't give a fuck about what I'm doing. Yeah, like, and they don't I even know give you're a fuck there. about <laughs> <laughs> they think what they're thinking if they are even looking at me so like i should just live my life yeah things like that Mm -hmm. so like i feel like a lot of people a lot of people end up in that sense like things you're you're self-conscious about yeah yeah like oh like and you think i don't know and like with this with the spanish example too like if you like you can learn spanish on duolingo but you can't really be fluent unless you're actually like having conversations Mm -hmm. with people but then there's that step of like, okay, I've learned the vocabulary and the grammar, making the step to actually like talking to somebody else in Spanish, like that's, that's uncomfortable. And like, you have to accept being uncomfortable, but it's, it's like an icky feeling. Because mm-hmm. who wants to be uncomfortable for, like being uncomfortable for a few minutes of like, okay, no biggie, but yeah. being uncomfortable for like hours at a time, mm-hmm. just depending on what it is, yeah. like. I don't know now. <laughs> I not be uncomfortable. Yeah. So. I remember I went to the gym one time and I was trying to use, it was like an ab machine and it, like it rotated. I don't know how to describe it, but I couldn't figure out how to like spin it to the other side. So I was like, for 10 minutes, I was just like trying to pull all the levers and mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to adjust it to get to the other side and finally this guy was like do you need help and I was like 
yes please oh my gosh I can't figure it out and he was so nice but like that was 10 minutes of struggling and it wasn't like oh my god she's dumb she doesn't know what she's doing it was like this woman is struggling and she is not getting her work out and let me go help her I think in general like people aren't mean like they're mean to themselves you Mm -hmm. know but I feel like for the most part in public maybe sometimes I'll be like god I hate that color why is she wearing that dress? But most of the time it's like, oh my God, that's a really cute outfit. Mm-hmm. I would never be able to pull it off because I'm ugly. Like <laughs> you're always mean to yourself more than you're mean to other people. Yeah, I can see that. Do like, you feel like that's the case for you at all? Probably, especially when it comes to like going to the gym to like lift weights mm-hmm. or like, especially if you're trying to learn a new skill and you're just like, you have a goal in mind and you're just like, okay, like I want to be here in like a year. But then, like, every every month when you reevaluate, you're just like, oh, like, no, I'm, like, no closer to, like, achieving that goal. But mm-hmm. in actuality, you've actually, like, gone a lot further than you realize. But, you like, you, I, like, you're a little harder on yourself just to see, like, if you can push yourself to do better. Yeah. But then sometimes that doesn't actually help. It doesn't actually get you to where you need to be by being extra hard on yourself. And I do think, too, like... Like, you see yourself every day. Like, you live in your body. So, like, you seeing the changes that you're making, like, positive or negative, it's hard to see until somebody's like, hey, you look like you're really good at speaking Spanish. (laughs) 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 Or, like, hey, like, you look like you've been working out. Your arms are really toned or, like, whatever Mm -hmm. the comment is. Um, But, like... But people still, like, take those things as a negative too it's like oh why did they point that out and you're just like they didn't think that before right right that's true yeah i didn't even think about that how dare you not think i look like i'm fluent in spanish (laughs) (laughs) so i feel like a lot of people like to take positive comments and flip it around and be like oh that person was negative towards me yeah but like they were they had the best intentions but you never know sometimes what it may not be as positive That's Kendra's dog, Jack. He's got a lot to say. He wanted to be interviewed for the podcast. (laughs) These are his thoughts on the book. (laughs) He loved it. These are actually all positive remarks. (laughs) I like how, like, pointy his tail, like, his his butthole is just fully exposed. (laughs) That just doesn't seem the most aggressive to me. Like, he's scared. He's scared. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Kendra calls uh, calls him her demon dog. He's a demon dog. <laughs> but he's a cute demon dog. Yeah. A cute dog from hell. Mm-hmm. Ah, good times. Um, yeah, I do. It. I know that there are times, like, for me with my family, if, if I've lost weight, they'll be like, oh. Megan you look like you've lost weight have you been doing something different like no I'm depressed <laughs> like <laughs> you know like there are those situations you know, too where it's like it's like it's awkward it's yeah like, okay like but it is it is thanks but no thanks yeah yeah <laughs> I do remember there no we don't need to go into that um but <laughs> I, I was just gonna delve into trauma but that's not what this is about um 
Oh no, I lost it. But oh, but there are times where like I am actively like working towards a goal, and I feel like I'm not do like what we were talking about earlier. Like at work, like we stepped away from our tasking to do different tasking, and then we come back, and then it's like, oh, I'm actually not bad at my job. I just needed to like reframe mm-hmm. my perspective. perspective. Yeah, I do like for fitness things specifically. I do like. Um, doing progress pictures or like doing Mm -hmm. like actually like tape measuring my body because usually I'm like I'm gross (laughs) (laughs) but actually like I'm just getting like I'm just getting so fit I don't even know it yeah a lot of people like to weigh themselves but weight doesn't really tell you if you are like on track for your fitness goal all the time because such thing as body recomposition for sure so Hello. These are a lot of good kisses. Thank you. So there is another lesson, I guess, or quote that, oh, responsibility isn't fault. I thought that was so cool. So you can like, like if somebody hurts your feelings, they did the thing that hurts your feelings, but it's your responsibility to decide how you want to respond to the feelings or like how Mm -hmm. you're going to process the feelings. I thought that was a really cool perspective. I've said perspective like a million times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a concept. Cool concept. concept. Hey, yeah, that's different. I like that. Yeah, concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. Just, I guess, like you should be responsible for like life's challenges mm-hmm. and like take accountability. So if something gets in your way, I guess in your lifespan you can't be like oh like this sucks and keep complaining about it you act you actually have to like do something about it mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. yeah you can say like yeah it sucks but you can't keep saying that for the rest of your life like figure it out i guess like so i think that was a really cool concept that was explored in the book do you think though so there were a lot of times when i was reading slash listening where i was confused about where the line was for not giving a fuck because like in that situation I feel like you are giving a fuck you're saying like this is bothering me so I'm gonna do something about it but that that requires like a level of effort Mm -hmm. that implies that you're giving a fuck so (laughs) it just like it bothered me there is another example too where I can't remember right now but he the whole point of the book is not giving a fuck or like deciding what you don't want to give a fuck about i guess but like then he's just telling you 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 do need to give a yeah yeah. and it it was a interesting it was like that in like almost every chapter it's like okay don't give a fuck about this but you should give a fuck about this thing yeah and i'm like okay like i think if so the title did draw me in whenever there's any sort of cuss word in a title i'm like that is the book for me um but i there's a book actually that i have downloaded it's like the girl who could blow shit up with her mind is the name of the book and i was like i have to read that because shit is in the title and like why wouldn't i read that um but i don't think this is the subtle art of not giving a fuck i think this is the subtle art of like choosing what to give a fuck about Mm -hmm. because like that yeah i I don't know. I just I have I issues think, with that. I think the whole point he was trying to get to in the book was, I guess people give a fuck about too much. Yeah. So it yeah. bogs your life down to a point where, I guess some people will feel stuck mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in what mm-hmm. whatever issues, challenges you're dealing with. So I feel like 
it was like a good perspective to be like okay like yeah there is a lot to give a fuck about mm-hmm. but we need to be able to like narrow down what we should care about yeah that does make sense yeah so i feel like that was like the main focus he was trying to get at he's like yeah there's a lot of stuff you could focus on but we shouldn't be focusing on every little detail that's going on in our lives yeah so all right fair i guess mm. it can keep its name <laughs> um i did also like how he brought in like real world examples like the um i think it was a japanese soldier like he was in the the forest forever for like 10 years and mm. they were like hey man the war's over like you can leave now and he was like no this americans are trying yeah. to trick me <laughs> And then it was finally, like, some dude who, like, wasn't even really trying to find him was actually able to, like, find him in four days or something. Whereas, like, they sent out army people, like, for years to find him. Yeah. I thought that was wild. And then there's, like, the other thing with, um, I think you said, like, back in the 70s where the government was, like, oh, if we if we make people think that they're really awesome, then that's going to have a positive effect on society. So then, like, teachers started changing how they, mm-hmm. like, reward their students. I don't know. I really enjoyed those real-world... Yeah, snippets. Yeah, where you're seeing, like, the actual effect. Mm-hmm. Do you think the, like, the participation trophies and stuff like that, do you think that's ultimately a negative thing? Your face is telling me that you think it's a negative thing. <laughs> I think it is. Like, personally, yeah, it's nice for everyone to get a little participation ribbon. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, when these kids grow up and they go off to college, they're going to be sad when they don't get a participation ribbon for getting a D on, ex- on exam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I feel like just award, like rewarding every little like milestone in kids lives mm-hmm. doesn't actually help them out in the future yeah i think it makes people like more dependent i guess like you're less likely to be independent and actually like strive to be better if mm-hmm. you're constantly rewarded for like, just existing good job you tried to you tried to you ran on this race like a job like okay or I, like good job you i don't know like what they've been doing because i guess that all started like after I love like primary schools and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't used to getting a little pat on the back for every. You didn't thing. get like ribbons or anything like PE or if whatever. You went third place or up? No, I didn't get any of that. Really, I think when I was in like elementary school, maybe I was in like a little many people soccer league Mm -hmm. and no matter like i got got those yeah yeah and then like everybody got a sticker on their homework usually like you did everything wrong but here's a sticker no i got i think like no matter what you got stickers what yeah no that might explain all of my problems I do appreciate, though, like, when I run, like, we did the 5K. Like oh, yeah, we, that was nice. Yeah, and we got that a little thing. That did take effort, but we didn't do it any better than anybody else <laughs> So, like, there are times effort. where I'm, like, this is a bad idea, but then there are other times where I'm, like, you better yeah, give you me. <laughs> Everyone should get a pat on the back, but I feel like, especially as kids growing up, like, they don't need to be rewarded for every little thing yeah. they do. Like, that just causes problems later on down the road i think it's interesting how it this isn't brought up in the book but it seems to be like a really american ideal to 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 do that to like support everybody Mm -hmm. i was reading somewhere this was a while ago so i 
could totally be misremembering it. But like in China, if somebody's struggling in the classroom, instead of being like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, we'll, I'll talk to you after class and we'll figure it out. <laughs> what is it? This is the wind. Not the wind. That's so scary. <laughs> um, but like, they'll just like brush it off. Whereas mm-hmm. like in China, um, if a student is struggling, they'll just, they'll stop the class. They'll take the time. They'll be like, this is how, um, this is how you can do it differently. And like mm-hmm. their, their peers will be like, this is how it makes sense in my brain. And like, it's a group effort to try to make that one person understand. So instead of like, great job, you tried your best. It's actually like, this is something you should probably understand to yeah. pass this class. So I can, I can see mm-hmm. where it's, sort of a similar mindset because you want everybody to succeed but how you're going about it is totally different like it's yeah. not just a participation trophy it's like you matter so we're actually gonna make you better at this thing that's an interesting concept yeah that's true don't Definitely. make me start on america though like, that's all <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah i do tend i guess in the american school system i do tend to like keep things hush hush and make sure like everyone feels the same in a classroom Mm -hmm. so no Mm -hmm. one's singled out for being like you're the smartest and then yo you're the dumbest (laughs) (laughs) yeah they'll give you two exams so you can get it done in 10 minutes and this person they have to take the the one exam and Mm -hmm. they're gonna take the whole hour to get it done yeah still not finished yeah yeah i feel like if a teacher were to be like uh, you're the smart one and you're the dumb one they would be sued like that would be a whole like court case situation and I think that was another it thing that he stems from the parents though yeah yeah each generation yeah. of parents is the new thing they want to they want to put forward to, like these school systems and put it on the teachers and, like, put it on it. the schools yeah. and, like when it's really like you're the you're you're the one that should be responsible for it as the parent like it shouldn't matter what the school's doing yeah what books they're reading in school like they should be reading those books that you put on the ban list because <laughs> oh it has some type of sexual like text sexual tone or whatever or is racist like okay mm-hmm. like if it, if we never read about these things i'm like how would we know like yeah, to you not can't learn anything. yeah yeah <laughs> like so it's interesting but i think he brought it up in the book, not about book banning. I don't, I don't remember if he did that, but um, about how, like everything is. He didn't say triggering, but I'm gonna say triggering because I can't think of another word. But like everything is like triggering right now. Like people seem to be a lot more sensitive. Like they don't want their kids reading about evolution because that uh, goes against Christianity, and they don't mm. want. Um, I can't think of like any other examples right now, but that that's the primary one that I can think of. But they, people are so easily offended that they don't let other people learn. Like mm-hmm. if they're instead of just being like, "Hey, Tommy, in Christianity, we don't believe in evolution, even though you're learning about it in school." They're trying to like change the whole curricula- curriculum for every student. Like they're mm-hmm. trying to push their viewpoints because they're so easily offended 
It's a it's a trying time. It is just like the whole pledge of allegiance when it used to be mandatory, mm-hmm. and then at some point there was shift. It's like oh, there's like since God's in the pledge of Under allegiance, God, yeah. Like you don't have to participate. And I remember in elementary school, like if you sat down, it was disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. And now you don't even have to stand up anymore. And I'm just like okay. I was like interesting. And there's a shift with that, which. I guess, yeah, like I guess if you don't want to say God, if you don't mm-hmm. believe in God, which, yeah, go ahead. But that's also, like, even, like, going a layer deeper, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance was written by the forefathers who primarily were agnostic or atheist. So they, when they say under God, they don't actually mean, mean, like, the Christian God. They just mean, like, under, like, whatever is ruling our existence. Um, so it just... You know, like, just educate yourself, maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe. these people are just getting so offended. I Not to say that I don't get everything. offended. Hmm? I feel like most people, like, are reading into everything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything anyone's hearing or seeing, like, oh, I'm gonna dig deeper into that and be like, oh, they meant this instead of what they actually said. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's peeling back multiple layers and being, like, I guess... I guess super analyzing yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really shouldn't be analyzed, like what the person says, what they actually said, like verbatim. There's no yeah meaning behind it other mm-hmm. than what they said. So It's because they give too much of a fuck. Yep, that's why. Because you did say... Uh, it was in this book, I think. I don't know. Everything blurs together. <laughs> um, I think he said he was living in Russia for a while. Was that in this book or did I make that up? Okay, this is how I remember sure. it. And you tell me if this actually happened. <laughs> Um, I think he said that he was living in Russia for a while and he was like talking to this lady and she was like, well, what you said was just really stupid. And he was like, oh, like uh, that hurts my feelings because Americans like everything is personal. Whereas like what he said objectively probably was stupid. And that's just like how Russians talk to each other. Like they're Mm. not they're not trying to make each other feel good or bad. They're just like, this is how I see it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you how I see it. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Um, and I think, I think that was in the book. Okay. I want to say. That's good. I'm glad I didn't make that up. <laughs> Sometimes I'll read, because I usually have a lot of books going at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'll like read something in one book and it'll be like a fiction book. And then I'll be reading something in nonfiction and I'll be like, wait a second, because it starts blurring. Anyways, so I'm glad that I didn't stray. <laughs> False memory. <laughs> it's tricky. It makes it very hard. Um, I forgot what my point was. Basically, Americans give too much of a fuck. Do you think do you think it is like a cultural thing? Like do you think it's mostly Americans? I don't know about like in Europe and stuff. Like uh I feel like, it, I feel like it's a cultural thing. Do you feel like your parents are like that cuz your parents are from I don't remember which countries they're from. So. My dad's from Nigeria, my mom's from Trinidad. Okay, okay. So I feel like Oh, uh, yeah, they don't really give too much of a fuck. Like, yeah. they just take everything in strides. Mm-hmm. So whatever is going on, they're just like, okay, yeah, we'll deal with that. But they're very laid-back people. I'm not mm-hmm. sure it's because, oh, like, you're in, like, throwable countries. So, like, things don't happen as quickly as right, they do right. here in America. Yeah. So there is no, like, rush. You just know, okay, this is the situation. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out how to deal with it with, with the bare minimum, like, with barely any tools right because obviously 
they don't have like it was my dad he didn't have access to like electricity 24 7 or even running water 24 7 oh, no so if okay. there was a problem like you're not gonna be rushing to figure it out that same day yeah like, it's gonna yeah. take you some time so i feel like especially even now that they're like my parents to this day like i feel like any problem that hits them like a problem if i had the same problem i would have been like freaking out panicking i'm like how mm-hmm. can i solve this like asap but yeah. they're just like eh, like yeah we'll get to it yeah, so it's like a like a scope thing. Like yeah. they were dealing with bigger problems, so they weren't like, "I wonder if Angela likes my hair today." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're worrying about, oh, "Am I gonna have water?" To, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, boil like for my shower tomorrow because there was no hot water. At yeah, least when, my, when my dad was growing up in Nigeria in the village. Oh my gosh. No hot water. You gotta stay up at night to run to get the water when the pumps were working. And I don't then think hopefully you collect enough water. <laughs> Do your parents, whenever you like talk about your problems, are they like, oh my god, Kendra, those aren't even problems? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, you guys complain about too much. Like, oh, you guys are typical American children. Yeah. Like, everything's a problem. Like, That's you always hilarious. have, and if you don't really have a problem, you find something to be a problem. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, I guess, yeah. I think it, so. I do think you brought it up a little bit in the book where he was like in the 1950s like a farmer wouldn't be like I wonder if if Pete likes my shoes today he would be like well we need rain otherwise these crops are gonna die so do you think he might have mentioned this too in the book but do you think like social media and like the fact that well one for the most part, most people in America have electricity and running water and are mostly food secure. Do you think like those things make it easier? Do you think it's like a social media thing? Like where do you think, what do you think was the, oh, what do you think was like the catalyst for, uh, I just love your faces sometimes. <laughs> As I was asking this question, Kendra's face was just amazing (laughs) sorry so do you think it's like how easy it is to get get resources do you think it's like we have so much information there's so much more to worry about do you think it's um i don't know what do you what do you you think there is one thing collection of things like especially here in the u.s like yeah we're a first world country so a lot of the the, I guess our essentials for like living comfortably, we already have access to that. Mm-hmm. Most people more than others, but mm-hmm. even like most people have at least like, yeah, we have access to everything. And then with the social media aspect, we do have a lot of access to things going on like in real time even. So like now it's not even like you're not hearing about a story um, after the fact, you're hearing about it firsthand because someone's on the scene. Yeah, yeah. They're recording it. It's like it. real time. Yeah. yeah. So then we also have the false information issue since now everyone's a reporter. <laughs> so, and then you, most people, some people just believe whatever they're seeing on social media. So then we have the false information. And yeah, people just like to make problems. I feel like people in third world countries, they have. The more pressing problem of like hey like where am i gonna get my next meal from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we don't like most people in america don't have to worry about when the next meal is coming from so yeah. what else is there to worry about except the i guess the unknown that so okay so the false information thing actually is interesting because that kind of 
feeds into I guess like the anxiety of everything because like you're finding out about uh like with like with the Ukraine situation is, Mm. is something that this was really obvious and so like uh Russia was feeding we assume based off of evidence <laughs> that Russia was feeding um, news feeds from Ukraine saying like Ukraine's bombing us like we didn't do anything wrong like we're being attacked and then the rest of the world was getting feeds like the this is live footage of like blah 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 but there's like so much information misinformation from like deep fakes or like mm-hmm. so it is Taking hard snippets from other invasions and yeah like oh this was happening and i'm like and people are like no this was recorded like two years ago but it's like hard like even if you even if you have like a a cause that you're really passionate about it's hard to know like what is actually real so then there's mm-hmm. like that deeper layer i said i've already said layer two um i'm very repetitive today (laughs) but there's like that deeper layer of like okay this is a thing that concerns me but now like what is actually the reality of this thing that concerns me so then you start like spiraling yeah Yeah. analyzing everything you're seeing and hearing yeah and then you're making your own conclusions to what you're seeing and hearing but then then there's also like sometimes putting it back out there yeah yeah regurgitating it yeah (laughs) So people are just adding to like the state of confusion, I guess, and that that's what keeps people, I guess, spiraling in yeah. a sense. But it's like I feel like it's so hard too, though, because you, well, I don't. I assume most people want to be like compassionate, empathetic people, so like you want to care about those things. Mm-hmm. But then also like just reading this book, like you probably shouldn't care about these things as much because then you're just creating this whole unhappy existence. Mm-hmm. But then if you just like go full opposite side of the spectrum you just stop caring about the things because you don't know what the information is that's right like it's just hard i wish striking a balance yeah it is but that's he just doesn't really tell us like the exact recipe you know i think he said like oh i don't want to tell you what to do yeah because everybody's different yeah so i think he did phrase that in a sense, like, here and there in the book. So, like, just, I guess, giving you the tools. Put the tools in your tool belt. Yeah. <laughs> so you can figure it out yourself, basically. But then there was also, like, another part of the book where he was, like, this lady was obsessed with me. She, like, died. She was medically dead for, like, five minutes. And she, um, do you remember this part? And she decided that they were meant to be together. And she like stopped him all the time and he was saying like on paper she was following self-help books to a t but like clearly she was doing it all wrong Mm -hmm. because she was stalking this person (laughs) um so i don't know there's like i don't know what my point is but that's something that uh is troubling is like you are asking for guidance but then if you actually follow the guidance then you like, may end up in a worse spot than where you started. So just like with the guidance is don't follow the guidance, but like follow it enough where you're getting guided to the right spot. But what's the right spot? I have issues, I think, with self-help books. Does this... So you mostly read self-help books? No. You... Okay. I do not. This oh. is just something I saw. 
on the oh, article, on the... and then I was like, oh, the title looks interesting. So okay, I'm okay. Read it and like and see how it goes. So I'm mainly into like science fiction and romance novels, stuff like that. Kendra, you're just trying to you're just trying to stir it up on the <laughs> podcast. My bad, my bad. Okay, it's just like maybe yeah, this might have been like the, the I haven't read many self help books per se, but I was like, but I know a lot of people like friends and acquaintances that be getting into like. Of reading self help books, and I was like, mm, so let me take a crack at it and see mm-hmm. if it's even slightly bit interesting. Because like when I hear self help, it screams boring. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I think, um, excuse me. There was one book that I read that was like uh, handmade or how to some. I don't know. It was like sort of a health self help book, and mm-hmm. like it was this guy going through this journey, but it was also like. I was trying to be more self-sufficient, so I learned how to make kombucha, and he, like, actually, like, tells you how to make kombucha, so it's not, like, this is what you need to do to fix your life, it's, like, these are things that I did that were really, um, satisfying and rewarding, Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess what I was gonna ask is, how does this compare to other self-help books that you've read, but if you haven't read that many, then I can't really ask you that question, can't remember any that I've read. Yeah. If I did read any in the past. I just had this whole thing in my brain. Dang. Well, now we got to get somebody else. Book guru. I'm curious if that's like the norm though. I guess like you kind of have to give yourself some leeway in your guidance. Because if you're telling people like, hey, you need to jump 10 times. <laughs> and, and I think he... There, oh, that was a good one. I like the little howl. That was cute. You're so tough. Oh, no, I have to go and get a Why can we even do anything? <laughs> they're going to know I'm here and they're going to be scared. That's incredible. Um, but he did say there was like a study where people were trying to get their room. Okay. They were trying to get a reward and they like didn't know what they needed to do to get the reward. So they were like pressing buttons randomly and then like, oh, but yeah. like there wasn't, it was just all random. Like it wasn't actually, you if just they just like waited, like, yeah, you probably would have gotten award. it. Yeah. And there was one where like the woman was touching the ceiling, like she was jumping up to touch the ceiling and every like fifth time she got the reward. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess like if, if people read a self-help book where it's like you need to touch the ceiling five times to be happy people will actually start like touching the ceiling five times but then there has to be self-help books that are doing that because otherwise that woman who was stalking him probably wouldn't have (laughs) gone that far probably not i don't know i feel like also people use like self-help books as like as a crutch instead of like as Mm. a tool okay okay so i feel like what do you mean by that like they take what whatever they're reading, they're taking it like word for word like, mm-hmm. as their Bible, and like right, oh, okay. I have to live this way yeah, instead yeah, of being yeah. like, oh, these were good messages, like oh maybe like I can change this in my life and or do this extra thing here and there, mm-hmm. and then I guess we'll see how like it turn like how whatever you're working towards turns out, and like I think some people are like using self-help books a little too much for each little particular thing that they think is wrong in their lives when they should just be using it as tools but yeah a little tool belt my analogy for the day (laughs) 
So it is interesting. I well, I don't. I guess I don't know that many people who like strictly read self help books. But my in my brain, uh, self help book readers tend to be readers who aren't as self reflective as they need to be. Sometimes, like like sort of like you were saying, like self help books as a crutch like you're um you're not evaluating your life like how can I mold these pieces of advice to make my life better it's like my life will be better if I do this and I think part of existence is just reflecting like whether it's like how does this make me feel or whether it's like I I'm the problem or like like if I talk to my dad more maybe we'll have a better relationship like I think there is a lot of work (laughs) embarrassing oh my god his ears though when he's barking it's hilarious his ears are no (gasps) come here poor guy poor guy um, I do think that uh, self-improvement or self-help requires a lot more work than just, like, reading the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, it is sad sometimes, because sometimes it would be so nice to be like, well, I read a book about it, so now I'm cured. Mm-hmm. It's not realistic, but, no. like, oh, I wish, absolutely wish. Is there anything that you think you'll actually, like, use from this book that you'll try to incorporate in your life? I guess that one message of, like, not caring. Like, you have to choose the things you really want to care about. Yeah. Like, I can't care about, I guess, what people might be thinking of me. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just possibility out there. Why should I worry about that? Yeah. I should just go get done what what I want to get done. Yeah, yeah. So... I think I I do like the responsibility versus fault thing a lot. Like I feel like a lot of the time I'll experience something and I'll be like, oh, that was, I hate that that happened to me. That was so sad. And I'll be like really self-pitying mm-hmm. while I could be uh, like, oh, this friendship or this relationship is actually just not good for me, and so I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> um, and I think that that deals with, uh, like, boundaries a lot, which, as you may know, I'm bad at. <laughs> so I think if I get anything out of this book, it's start taking responsibility more. You've got so much to say. You always have so much to say. Look at you. Oh, okay. Goodbye. But, I have to... but he's got his hair looked like it was raised a little bit too. Mm. Just check his surroundings. Make sure it's safe. Yeah, it's terrifying here. In this cozy house. <gasps> With the fancy Keurig machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is going to be the poll for this episode. So Kendra has a Keurig, okay, which I think is pretty common. Keurigs are everywhere. <laughs> Her Keurig has an attached frother so she can make lattes. So the poll for this episode is um, it's going to be something related to that because I was totally blown. I think that's like 
I don't know anybody else who has a frother. It's just the fanciest thing I've ever seen. It was so cool, guys. She just filled it up with little oat milk, put it on the thing, <laughs> pressed a button. <sighs> 2024, it's a wild time. It's Next, you're going to tell there. me that like they're automatic toilet flushers. <laughs> just kidding. I know those exist. <laughs> I'm not totally behind on the times. <laughs> um all right i think we've touched on uh all the notes that i oh i did really like where he was saying like people are really scared to feel emotions like they're they try to like shut down their emotions or they're trying they maybe like they just exist in their emotions too much Mm -hmm. and one of the things he said was um emotions like like physical pain are feedback loops Mm -hmm. so like if you stub your toe on a chair you know like hey when I'm walking maybe I avoid walking so close to that chair or maybe this chair needs to be in a different spot in the room and people like they'll sort of like the boundaries thing I guess like they'll be in a relationship (laughs) and they'll feel something but instead of like oh, I'm feeling this way because of this thing. I should do something to fix it. People mm-hmm. are like, well, I'm sad now. <laughs> and I thought that was really cool because like most most of the things in our body have a purpose, I guess. Yeah, and if it's not functioning, it's going to let you know. Yeah, yeah. One way or another. Yeah, and I, I think that's really cool. I think that's like another thing maybe that I'll take away is like, if you're feeling sad, maybe change something about it. If you're feeling mad, mm-hmm. what's this thing that's making you happy? Maybe we do more of this. Like, yeah, yeah that, that that's was cool. Message. I did like that a lot. Cause you just like emotions are so icky, mm-hmm. you know, but like stubbing your toe is icky. You still, it happens. Yep. Gotta deal with that emotion. All right. You gotta <laughs> deal with it. There's no avoiding it after you stub your toe. Mm. Mm. No. <laughs> Oh, it's such a bad feeling. Like people though. do try to like suppress their emotions, and then in the end, it doesn't really help you out because one, you probably didn't process whatever happened that caused mm-hmm. you to feel that way, and instead of processing it and learning from that experience, it's still bothering you. Yeah, so. you just end up stubbing your toe again mm-hmm. and again and again, again and again, letting it repeat, let history repeat itself. Yeah. Only healthy relationships from here on out. Yeah, boundaries. Twenty twenty four, baby. Twenty twenty four. All right. Well, that's all. Did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up that you wrote down in your notes? Nope. No. No. Okay. Covered everything. All right. So I'm gonna ask you those questions that I sent you that I ask all the guests. If you're ready for that. Yep. Okay. So first question is, what is your favorite book that you always recommend? Or if you don't have one, what are your top three? The favorite book, I read this when I was like in high school, Life As We Knew It. Okay. By Susan Beth Puffer. Puffer? I don't know how to pronounce her name. Last name. Um, But it's like a dystopian type book. Like, I think that one, there's like, it's a whole series. Um, Have you read the whole series? Or just I read one. the first and second book. Okay. Um, but basically, like, you just follow this one person, their family, mm-hmm. and they... Everything's normal at first, and then something happens to the moon, and yeah. Spoiler? You can basically guess from there <laughs> what happens to the Earth if a piece of the moon is missing. All right. So you just follow her through that story, and then I think the series is, like, 
three or four books. Okay. I never okay. finished it, but I might finish it once I'm done with my grad school. I have ample amount of time on my hands. Yeah. And then I had, um, I've been trying to, I'm in the middle of reading The Duke and I by Julian Quinn. It's another audiobook I'm listening okay. to. So the Bridgerton series. I was oh. Like, I was like, I, I forget kinda, that I want to read the books. books. Oh, yeah. Because I've been hearing, um, I guess I've been reading like on some articles that the series is going to start to differ from the book series. So I was oh. like, I kind of want to be able to... I guess compare the two, compare yeah. contrast. Cause I think this next season coming out for Bishopton is gonna. I think they jumped ahead of the book. They skipped the book. Oh, okay, okay. I want to say so. Okay, I kind of want to see what the books are all about. Yeah, and then like see what the Netflix series is about. So is the author still writing the Bridgerton? Cause like I know with Game of Thrones, like he was see. writing it as they were making the show, so he like changed how he was doing the books based off of feedback from the show. I think they're all done. I okay, say. okay, okay, unless. They decide to write. So it's not sneaky. Mm-mm. Mm. Okay. Do you have a, a third one or is it just those two? Okay. Just those two for right now. That's totally fine. That's fine. That's fine. Everything's fine. Just kidding. Okay. Um, next question is, who is your favorite author? And if you don't have one, top three. No no favorites? Your face mm-hmm. no is saying no authors. favorites. Wow. I'm not Yikes. an avid book reader. Like, I've never... <laughs> I never have been. And then... Um, I just usually read whatever I'm into. Mm-hmm. Like, if I see a movie in theaters, I'm like, ooh, like, does it have a book? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, then I'll go, like, read the book. Do you ever, are you ever like, ooh, this is a book, let me go see if there's a movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that, too. Yeah. Sometimes it's really frustrating going from movie to book, though, because you already have, like, you have like, that yeah, image in yeah. your head. Yeah. So then it's like, that's all you can see. Mm-hmm. Although if you go from book to movie, it's like, this is how I imagined it. And it's not like this at all. It's easier to get to, like, to get through. Especially if you go from, like, book to movie. The movie's only going to be, like, less than two hours. Mm-hmm. But when you're reading the book, you're just like, oh, like, this is not how this person's supposed to be. Like Yeah. And then you're stuck in yeah. it for... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for long it takes you to finish the book. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so next question is, what is your favorite book format? So like paperback, hardcover, audiobook, ebook. You know the answer already. Audiobooks. Yeah. You could listen to them. Busy lady. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. We can fit them in. Like there's no excuse for yeah. an audiobook. For a book? Yeah. <laughs> for actual paperback book or hardback, like or a hardcover book. Yeah. There's limitations. Like when you could read those. You obviously can't do it in the car because like, yeah. you're driving <laughs> for one. I've been at work. I've been listening to audiobooks and it's been nice because I'm like getting paid to read a little bit. Like I'm still doing work. Yeah. Winky face. Just kidding. No, I am. I am actually doing work still. Though. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it is super convenient. Do you ever, so this is something I was in this mindset, like this is a divergence, I apologize. Um, but for a really long time that audiobooks weren't actually reading books. I'm, I've totally changed my mindset on that, but is that, was that ever a thing where you were like, I'm not actually reading anything, just listening to it. So I'm not actually reading the book. How do you feel? I feel like I used to think like that, like Mm -hmm. back when I was in like grade school, just because they pushed a whole mindset like which makes sense you should be reading your books like <laughs> when you're in grade school so i was like oh like audiobooks are like you're, you're not reading the book yeah like you're just listening to something but now as an adult i'm just like mm, i'm busy yep i'm busy I'm yeah. like, at least i can say i read the book like yeah, i don't yeah. need to know if i read it like looking reading the words if i was listening to it like i still got in the same information like the person 
than like them reading it. So yeah. I'm just like, mm. yeah, that's where I'm at now. And I don't really, I guess I just had like so much free time before where I was like, obviously if you're not reading it, you're not reading it. You're not getting the full experience. Yeah. But (laughs) now I'm like, if I'm ever going to read this book ever in my life, I'm going to have to listen to it. That's where I'm at now. (sighs) Okay. So favorite genre, you already said science fiction, romance. Mm -hmm. Those are top two. Mm -hmm. Is there, so I know you already gave us like the books you recommend. Is there like a, like a spicy romance that you've read recently? No, mm-hmm. I'm doing eyebrow I'm doing wags the, and Kendra's doing Duke a disgusting. <laughs> That's the only thing I've been reading recently, and I think my next sci-fi fiction book I want to get into is the the Wool W O O L, the Silo Saga. Oh, okay. By Hugh Howie, because like his books are being adapted into like a TV series on Apple TV. First season's already out, and I was like. And then once I found out there was a book, I was like, a book song. I was like, oh, I gotta read that. <laughs> well, I listen to that. <laughs> so, like, now I can catch up. The first yeah. season's already out. Second season, I don't, I don't know when it's coming out. So, I was like, Eventually. if I can read the, the saga before the second season comes out, I'll be like, mm. yeah. It was so good. The TV show was so captivating. I was like, I have to see what the books were about. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like it. That's the next thing. Um, do you have a favorite bookstore? Not really. Okay. But I would say Barnes and Nobles because okay. who okay. can't resist browsing books with a cup of, cup of coffee in their hands? So. The Starbucks, yeah. And when they have they have like the cheesecake factory cheesecakes cheesecakes in there too, you can have mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> yeah. So you can't resist that. Can't can't do it. Um, where do you usually do your reading? Like on the couch in bed? Well, you're listening, I guess. <laughs> in the car. In the car. Okay. <laughs> Are you ever listening to audiobooks like at home? Like you're just hanging Not out really. and listening. Mm-hmm. So it's only in the car. Basically, only in the car. If How I'm, like, much driving. time are you spending in the car then? It's an hour to work and an hour. That's true. Back. Yeah, your commute is so a lot do, longer. Than <laughs> <laughs> I usually do music in the morning and as oh, I'm getting bored, yeah, like listening to pump. music mm-hmm. both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was hard to like, I guess, have the cut off. Like okay, like work to like non-work mindset so i was like oh let me start listening to audiobooks slash podcasts in the afternoon so that's what i've been doing all right all right and then last question i have for you is what are your social accounts if you want people to follow you on social oh you can follow me on instagram at kenna232 and yeah that's about it i don't have a twitter anymore that's you mean an x isn't that the name of the platform now? Isn't it changed it names. Yeah, you did not. <laughs> I'm so out of the loop. Elon Musk bought it, and then he changed it from Twitter to X. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I deleted that thing. As soon as he bought it, I was like, uh, delete. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And you can also find me on Facebook, but that's mm-hmm. like close friends. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kendra. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you again to Kendra for being on the podcast. For the next episode, I'll be joined by Courtney Fox to discuss Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Tasha Kazu Kawaguchi. See you on the flip side, besties.